This is the Totally Stone Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor, and this will be a history of the greatest rock and roll band in the world, the Rolling Stones, but with a focus on the commercial side, because that's just what I like, including chart history and sales. And before I go any further, I gotta get some information out, so the main focus will be on the UK, where the Rolling Stones are from, and then the US sales. So like all chart history will mainly be focused on that, so I'll be saying that a lot. So to begin, the band began in 1962 originally as the Rolling Stones, without the G, and it had a lineup consisting of lead vocalist Mick Jagger, lead guitarist Keith Richards, rhythm guitarist Brian Jones, bassist Bill Wyman and drummer Charlie Watts, along with supporting keyboardist Ian Stewart, who was an original member of the band, but got who was told by the manager to leave the band because he didn't fit the band's image. And that manager was Andrew Lugue Oldham, who was renowned for his production and managing style of the Stones in their early year. And then the Stones released their debut single, a cover of Chuck Berry's Come On, on June 7, 1963, to moderate success only hitting number one on the UK charts. Up next is the band's debut album, The Rolling Stones, well, in the UK. In the US, it was called English, England's Newest Hitmakers. It was released on April 16, 1964, and it hit number one in Australia and the UK, where it stayed for 11 weeks. It also charted at number 11 in the US. The album was supported by three singles, Not Fade Away, Carol, and Tell Me. The latter two performed moderately, but Not Fade Away was the Stones' first top five single in their home country and really anywhere, peaking at number three. Later that year, they released their second album in the U.S. called 12 by 5, where their first successful U.S. single, a cover of Bobby Womack's It's All Over Now, hitting number 26. It was also their first U.K. number one single, even though it wasn't featured on an album. The second single was their first U.S. top 10 single, also a cover, this one of Kai Winding's Time Is On My Side, where, where it peaked at number six. The album hit number three on the Billboard 200 and was certified gold in Australia. The UK equivalent came the next year on January 15, 1965, called The Rolling Stones Number no. Two. It's very original from them. It was their second straight number one album in the UK and their first number one in Germany. The third studio album in the U.S. was released on February 13, 1965, entitled The Rolling Stones Now. Now this next part is very confusing, so try to follow me. So the two singles released for the album also charted outside the U.S., but weren't featured on an official studio album released by the band overseas. One of these singles, another cover of Howlin' Wolf's Little Red Rooster, hit number one in the U.K., number two in Australia, it did not chart in the U.S. And later that same year, the stardom started to hit for the Stones. They released Out of Our Heads on July 30th, 1965 in the U.S. and September 24th in the U.K. Out of Our Heads was a landmark album for the Stones. It catapulted them into international stardom, mainly led by the third single, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, also sometimes referred to just as Satisfaction which is one of the biggest songs of all time, hitting number one in 11 countries, and is considered to be one of the greatest songs of all time. Now, a little story about this one. Originally, the main members, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, did not want to release Satisfaction as a single, 
but were outvoted by the remaining members and the manager, and it ended up being one of the best decisions in music history, as the song remains one of the Stones' signature songs and a concert staple, along with being one of the most recognizable songs of all time. Also, Out of Our Heads peaked at number one in the U.S., number two in the U.K., Australia, and Germany, and was certified platinum in Australia. Next, the Stones had their first compilation album titled Big Hits and then High Tides and Green Grass in apostrophes. Promoted with the new song 19th Nervous Breakdown, which hit number two in both the U.S. and U.K., the album was certified double platinum in Australia, gold in Canada, and silver in the U.K., and the Stones kept churning with their next albums. It was their fourth UK album and their sixth US album. And yes, the numbers will be off for the rest of their studio album history, so they'll always be too off. The album was called Aftermath, and it hit number one in the UK, Germany, and Finland, and number two in the US and Australia. The album came with three singles, the first being the hit Paint It Black, hitting number one in four countries and becoming one of the Stones' biggest songs. The song was a U.S. version exclusive on the album, but was still allowed to chart overseas. The U.K. got their own version exclusive with Mother's Little Helper, and it charted at number 8 in the U.S., and surprisingly didn't chart in the U.K. where it was featured. Very confusing, I know. The last single, Lady Jane, was featured on both versions and charted moderately, peaking at number 24 in the U.S. and didn't chart in the U.K. And before I accidentally skip over it, Aftermath was released on April 15, 1966 in the UK and on July 2, 1966 in the US. And before 1966 would end, the Stones released their first live album entitled Got Live If You Want It, consisting of recordings predominantly from shows in England. It released, released on December 3, 1966 and was a hit in the US at least peaking at number six and failing to chart overseas in their home country. Also certified gold in the U.S. I have said it in U.K. and U.S. a lot. And now for the last album of the episode. It wasn't very long when Turley released Between the Buttons, released on January 20th, 1967 in the U.K. and on February 11th, 1967 in the States. The album was supported by a rare double-sided single, and if you don't know what that means, so back in the day, singles singles were released on vinyls for the radio stations to play on their record players, and it usually came with the the main song on the A side and then like a random album cut or a song that was just really a jam session for the B side that really wouldn't get played. But this one was both of them were on the same vinyl. They were both singles, and it was... They were Ruby Tuesday and Let's Spend the Night Together. And the former of these two was very controversial due to its suggestive lyrics, contributing to its mediocrity in the charts. It was so bad it was banned by the BBC, and an incident on the Ed Sullivan show got them banned for a short time. Ruby Tuesday, on the other hand, was another home run for the band, hitting number three in their home country and scoring another number one album in the U.S., along with being the 24th biggest song of 1967 on the U.S. charts. The album was a commercial success also, hitting number two on the Billboard 200 and number three in the U.K., along with also being a critical success, being praised as a forgotten gem of 60s rock and even appearing on several editions of Rolling Stone magazine's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. And that's it for this episode. 
where we will pick up next week with their album Their Satanic Majesties, and we'll go into the 70s, the early 70s for the Stones. So I hope to see you next time, and remember to keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Mm-hmm.